Oh, good Friday afternoon to you. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have y'all hanging out with us. We got a lot of news to get into. I got some things I want to talk about. It's going to be a lot of Joe Burrow today. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. But right. we're going to intersperse this with a lot of college football talk as well. So don't worry. You'll still be getting your college football talk. Of course. But we're going to kind of deep dive. I mean, you got you got Mahomes versus Burrow. Then on the flip side of that, you got uh, Stafford versus the 49ers, I guess is the best way to put that. But uh, it's I, I think it's a pretty fascinating championship weekend. So we're gonna we're obviously gonna dive into that. But PJ, we gotta start with the relevant news of the day. Mike Bobo's back, baby. Oh, that relevant news. That's the most. Is there more relevant news? I I wasn't sure. I didn't know where you were gonna go there. But uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Kirby Smart's just getting the boys back together. <laughs> you mean you added Will Muschamp prior to this year and. It's pretty simple to understand why you add these guys, right? I mean, just look at the rosters. Jackson Muschamp is a quarterback for Georgia. His father, Will Muschamp, was recently unemployed. Hey, come on, why don't you come back and be an analyst? Obviously, he transitions to an on-the-field role as the season went. Uh, but the news announced a little bit earlier today, Mike Bobo, former Georgia offensive coordinator, I believe, top of my head, 2007 to 2014, uh, is when he was the offensive coordinator, then left, took the job at Colorado State. I think he was there for four years, a little bit under 500 in his time at Colorado State. Uh, gets fired there, kind of bounces around. This past year, he was the offensive coordinator for Auburn and kind of saw how Auburn finished the season. I think he was the scapegoat at the end of that. Yeah. I mean, it was Brian Harson's offense, but he was the offensive coordinator. Head coach isn't going to get fired after a year. So you, like, you, you part ways with the offensive coordinator. So Mike Bobo, back as an offensive analyst for Georgia. I think this is significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, I love it because it's going to make a ton of Georgia fans furious. <laughs> Bobo, to a lot of Georgia fans, is a curse word. Yeah. You know what? Pause. We're going to pause for a second. Kevin, are you listening to us in the other studio? Probably not. No, he's not? Yeah. All right. So for those like of it. you who don't know, we have a studio, uh, and PJ and I are in the main studio, what we like to call Studio One. Kevin is currently in Studio Two, so there's like a glass barrier, and then there's a door to get in there. So we're doing radio, right? What is the biggest part of radio? Uh, keeping probably everything else silent. Yeah, audio yeah. quality right. would be the biggest part of radio. Yeah. And I get it. We're the show before three and out. You know, we kind of lead into the big show. We're the pregame show a little bit. We're just getting you, getting you warmed up for the stars. We know our role. Right. So here we are just sitting here doing our little show, and BJ Bennett, one of the members of three and out, comes in, opens the door to Studio 2, where Kevin has a fan that is blowing at a <laughs> decibel level that I can only describe as a helicopter. Uh, like It's like a helicopter in Studio 2. And so BJ walks in there, opens the door, talks to Kevin, and then just leaves the door open. Just wide open. So why not? Just trying to get the airflow going, Yeah, nobody... Right? I mean, it's sure. fine. Who cares about our show? Yeah. Uh, but carrying on. I love the fact that Mike Bobo's back because... Fans make noise? Fans make a lot of noise. Yeah. Mike Bobo's back, and it's going to make a lot of Georgia fans mad because they always thought Mike Bobo was the problem. Even though, again, Mike Bobo left in 2014, and you didn't win one until, A, you had to fire a head coach, and B, eight years <laughs> later, and all of the offensive coordinators since then. Georgia fans, y'all remember Brian Schottenheimer? Ooh. <clears throat> Hopefully not. Right. So it's just, again, maybe hopefully since then they've kind of gotten over the fact that, oh, by the way, uh, Mike Bobo's last year at Georgia averaged 41.6 points per game on Terrible. offense. I think it's a little bit better than this year's team. Uh, he was also responsible for 
Oh, yeah, the SEC's all-time leading passer in Aaron Murray. Something like that. And uh, just go back, oh, what was it, 2014 or 13 when Clemson came to Athens and you had Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and it was just toss sweeps left and right just and touchdowns. I am hoping, we were talking about this earlier, I was more fantasizing about this earlier. I'm hoping Mike Bobo like goes into Todd Munkin's office and they're talking. He's like, hey, Mike, you got any ideas about some stuff we can add? He's like, all right, so here's what we're going to do. You see how the quarterback's standing back in a shotgun? We're just going to kind of navigate him four <laughs> yards forward. He's going to go under center. And then you see how the running back's kind of kicked off. We're just going to line him up about six, seven yards uh, behind the quarterback. And you see how you got that big old tight end right there? There he is. Not 19. Not 19. Of course Maybe, not. maybe zero, or maybe you get a third tight end. You see how you got those tight ends over there? Yeah. Why don't you navigate one of those in between the quarterback and the running back? Don't they call that a fullback? Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, <laughs> we listen, don't have listen, to. Listen, he just accepted the I formation. Let's not start throwing fullbacks on him. <laughs> so we're gonna go, we're gonna we're just gonna move that tight end uh just between the quarterback and the running back. And if you want to make it spicy, you can kind of off kilter him one way or the other. Ooh. And then what we're gonna do is take a snap and you're just gonna turn around and it's the easiest pass your quarterback will ever make. He's just gonna whoosh, toss it to your five star running back. So easy that listen. He'll he'll need to sacrifice this a little bit, but they're not going to call it a pass. Yeah, they're actually going to count it as a run yeah. for your running back. But yeah. you know what? It's going to be absolutely devastating. It's going to be glorious, devastating. And you know what? You can get real sexy with your offensive lineman too. You ever heard of a pulling center? Well, they don't do that. Three three sexiest words in the football vernacular: no. pin and pull. No, 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 no. They just hike the ball and stand up. No, 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 no. Pin. And pull. Oh man! So the first okay, I'm just saying. First time I see a Imagine. toss sweep. First time I see a toss sweep next year, I'm gonna be like Mike Bobo was just sitting in there Bobo. pounding the table. <laughs> They're like, all right, hey, we're talking about third and seven situations here, toss sweep. All right, so we're looking at this. We're up six, two minutes to go. We're trying to milk toss sweep. Mm-hmm. Two minute offense. We're trying to get down the field. Let's go toss sweep. I'm so happy Mike Bobo's back. It's like week four, and someone asked Kirby Smart, like, do you even have to ask him? You're like. Well, if I don't ask him, then why else is he here? Bobo, toss sweep. Okay. Toss sweep. That's right. You just like key him in on the coaching headsets. Uh, what should we get toss sweep? And I'm here for every single part of it. It's a, again, sexiest three words in the football vernacular, pin and pull. Sexiest two words, toss sweep. There you go. A lot of Georgia fans say maybe play action. You could put that up there as well. Yeah. That's sexy. It has been, but not anymore. Right. I don't know. I mean, when you no, needed... When not you, anymore. No, toss no, 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 no. Toss sweep is no, back in Athens. It, when you needed in the natty, what was it? Play action. That's the past. That's that's back in... <laughs> We're going back to the future. Yeah, man. That's that's 2000... I'm here for that's it. That's 2021. We're in 22 I'm now. I'm here for it. But again, I, I think... I don't know if I ever got around to finishing up this point. because I, I don't think so either. You just kind of got into Mike Bobo fantasy. With the, yeah, real and raptured <laughs> with that. Uh, but no, uh, so Jackson Muschamp is a quarterback at Georgia. His dad, Will Muschamp, gets fired takes the job at Georgia as initially as an analyst and then makes his way to the field. Uh, but then Mike Bobo gets fired from Auburn. His son, Drew Bobo, was committed to Auburn, then commits to Georgia, his dad's alma mater, uh, after uh, his dad gets fired at Auburn. And I think, I, I I would love to pull up the quote, but he basically says something to the point of, it's hard to stay committed to a school that just fired your dad. <laughs> so uh, he commits yeah. to Georgia, and now Mike Bobo, an analyst at Georgia. So Kirby's just getting the gang back together. Also, some reports out there, Georgia still needs a wide receivers coach uh, in Cortez, as Cortez Hankton uh, headed out to his home state of Louisiana to go be the wide receiver coach. slash. I think he's the co-offensive coordinator now uh, at LSU as well uh, for Brian Kelly's new regime over there. 
Georgia going hard after Brian McClendon, who was a wide receiver coach for Georgia back in 2015. And so they want him back right now. Brian McClendon, he was an interim coach when Mario Cristobal uh, left to take the job in Miami at Oregon and then followed Mario Cristobal. Now he is down there as a wide receiver coach slash co-OC. So there's a lot of coaching moves that could still be made in and around Georgia. I know there's a lot of indications that Todd Munkin would like to make the jump back to the NFL. Uh, think what nine head coaching vacancies in the NFL. Mm. So could he jump on one of those defensive coaches staffs as the offensive coordinator? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then who becomes the OC? Do you just promote Buster Faulkner, who was the OC at Southern Miss, kind of the Todd Munkin disciple? Georgia, he's a Georgia analyst right now, but Georgia has him out recruiting a bunch right now. So who could he be moving into an on the field role? It's going to be interesting to see. But Brian McClendon, another name to watch. So he's just like, Kirby yeah. Smart said, listen, I'm the head coach. I went to Georgia. We won the national championship. A lot of that had to do with the fact that, and I, I, I will say this, that we got Will Muschamp in here. He went to Georgia. Kirby's just getting the game back together. Well, that, and it's, it's at the end of the day, you, you can joke about it or, or say whatever you want. If he's going back through the history of, of kind of what George has been like the past 10 and 15 years and picking the best parts and the best coaches of that history and bringing them back, man, all for it. Go ahead. Get it done. Why not? If they were thriving in those roles before or a role like it uh, and, and, possibly have just progressed from from where they have been, why not try and, and put it all together and mesh it and, and make your superpower uh, even even more of a superpower, right? Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, I don't think it's it's those are bad moves by any means. If you can go out and get McClendon, that, that'd be huge um, as well. And I've always been kind of on the, the same same side of view as Mike with the whole Mike Bobo thing. Like he, he coached and offensive coordinated some of the most prolific offenses in Georgia history, uh, if you go back and look at it, and just I, I think there were like three or four calls that really turned Georgia fan, fans sour what, what on do you, him. What do you think the number one one is? Uh, uh, the most prevalent one I remember is uh, I believe I can't pin like what year it was, but there was a game against South Carolina when it came down to it, and I believe you had Todd Gurley, and he didn't get the opportunity to run the ball was, down near the goal line. This was. 2014. Yeah, somewhere around there. So yeah. so you lose the game. I, I I don't believe you get in the end zone, you lose the game. Yeah, so you And you, it was like a 45 to 41 game, was, I think, a, too. It was a super tight game and yeah. Georgia was on was on the comeback and had all the momentum was like down on like the one or the two yard line and they did a play action with Hudson Mason and uh intentional grounding gets called. And so you there have you, you have Todd Gurley who's far and away the best running back in the country yeah. and you run a play action. Right. And like that has just put a sour taste in Georgia fans' mouths. No mind the, again, 41 points per game and the fact that Georgia's defenses were nowhere near yeah. what they have been under <laughs> no. Kirby Smart. You put some NFL talent out there, but not at the level you're putting out right now. And Georgia's defense was not playing at the same level anywhere close. Georgia, for the most part, had a top 10 to top 20 defense every single year. Right now, it's, it's top three, if not number one, mm-hmm. every single year under Kirby Smart. But I, I did want to talk about this because BJ and I were kind of just batting this around a little bit yesterday, is when you look at Georgia, I want Georgia fans to appreciate what they have right now because I think it's really easy. We kind of talked about this with Spencer Hall. Just the way the news cycle works now is literally 24 hours after you win the national championship, you're already on to Who's the new recruit going to be? Yeah. What is 2022 looking like? Do you need to savor this a little bit? And not just the national championship, 
Savor what Kirby Smart's been able to do. What? Every year outside of the first year of Kirby Smart, you have been in a New Year's Six Bowl. When was the last time Georgia was in a New Year's Six Bowl prior to Kirby Smart getting there? Oh, man. Um, or a BCS Bowl. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. I can't... Was, was, it, was it the Sugar Bowl with I, Hawaii? I, I think it was. Yeah. I, I think that was... A, a, in between there, there's a whole lot of Outback and, and Capital One Bowls, I believe. Yeah, even in 2012, when you lose to Alabama in the SEC Championship, that was the Capital One Bowl, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I, I don't know if they got into a ABCS Bowl that year. And so I'm, um, just, I'm just saying. No, yeah, I don't I don't think so either. And look at the recruiting classes and just, just look where you're at. All right, so there you go. Kirby Smart's first year, you go to the Liberty Bowl. Prior to that, 2016, you were in the Tax Slayer Bowl. You missed a bowl game in 2015. You went to the Belk Bowl, Gator Bowl, Capital One, Outback, Liberty, Independence, Capital One. Yeah, all the way back in 2008 was the mm-hmm. last time you had been in one of the BCS slash New Year's Six Bowls when you beat Hawaii with Matt Stafford. Yeah. And no Sean Moreno. Right. I mean, that's a long time ago, man. That's a long time ago. And, and, now, I, and now look what you've done since Kirby Smart's been there. You went yeah. to Liberty Bowl first year, but then Rose National Championship in the same year, Sugar, Sugar, Peach, Orange National Championship. Right. Yeah, I think absolutely you have to take a look back and, and appreciate that. Be grateful. That. For sure. For sure. And build on the next year. Look forward to it at, at some point. Absolutely. But, no, it, it, that's the other thing, too. Like, as, as fans... If if you're of the mindset of, well, that's not what Nick Saban does. That's not what um, their coaching staff does. They're already talking about that's stuff. Fine. Blah, blah, that's blah. fine. They're that's the fine. They staff. can do that. They're the coaching staff. Yeah. yeah. They can do that. As fans, that's what they get paid to do. Like, as fans, we can sit around and talk about losses that happened 20 years ago or, or three years ago or whatever because we're fans, and we have the ability to do that without it sitting with us and affecting us on the field. Players, coaches, they cannot do that. they got to let it go. But as fans, also on the other side, you can enjoy a national championship and enjoy the fact that, yeah, that defense was that good. And, yes, Stetson Bennett uh, was, was huge and, and won and helped, helped you win that national championship. You can enjoy, enjoy all of those things for a lot longer than a week or a couple days or a couple hours. This is coming no, from someone no, who's no. never seen we're, his, we're his team close. So, yeah, enjoy it. We're on a Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, right. No, well, we're just we're getting ready for Oregon, all right? No, no, but literally we're on to Cincinnati. I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah, so we're on to Cincinnati. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> PJ just vibing in some Kansas over there. Damn it, man. Vibing. We'd love to see it. All right, I said I wanted to talk about Joe Burrow, but unfortunately my computer's falling apart on me. It's Friday. Yeah, it's it's got to get through the week, too. I, got a, I haven't got this one in a long time. A 403 error. The request could not be satisfied. Oh, wow. So, no, it's, it's understandable. The error could not be completed, and this one could not be satisfied. Listen, man, we can do your request right now, but it wouldn't be satisfying. So, I'm just not going to do it. I'm just, listen, it's just right. not. I'm trying to make a point. It's just not going to happen. Because, dang it, Joe Burrow in must win games is just about perfect. Just about? Just about perfect. He yeah. threw an interception last week. Okay, okay. And I that did. was the first time since he's been in college in a, in a gotta have it game. And uh, Chris, what does gotta have it mean? 
because Joe Burrow's lost games before in the NFL. Yeah, I'm talking about end of the season playoffs slash bowl games slash SEC championships are on the line when it's just you got to have it, mm-hmm. right? When you got to have it. Last week was the first time Joe Burrow's just thrown an interception. Yeah. Best part about all that, though, he's undefeated in those games. And that's the crazy part. Like, you can make a mistake every now and then. That's Like, the fact that he hadn't made a mistake yet like that is incredible and amazing. But still came out with a win. Like, I actually forgot he threw an interception because of all the interceptions that Ryan Tannehill threw. So, there's that. He did throw a lot of <laughs> There's that. But, uh, no, it's, it's incredible. Uh, your back's up against the wall, and what do you got to do? I also love the attitude. He came, He comes out uh, after the game with saying, listen, what, we're kind of done with this underdog thing. Like, we're, we're kind of sick of it. We're a really good football team, and, and we're trying to win the Super Bowl. Like, period. End of story, end of discussion. Just kind of drop the mic or whatever. And I think that's great. I think because there are a lot of people that do thrive and kind of hold that underdog mentality. We saw with the with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years ago, literally wearing dog masks all the way to the Super Bowl yeah. and on media day and whatnot, and they went out and won. And whatever helps you get it done, that's perfectly fine. I don't have a problem with someone keeping that underdog mentality, but it's also refreshing to have someone turn around and say, no, 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 it's time to take a look at us because we're, we're not a bad team. We're a really solid team. And yeah. By the way, I don't lose when my back's up against the wall. Right, so I want to start. Let's start with uh, number 9 Auburn versus number 2 LSU way back October 26, 2019. Right, Auburn. It's a long time ago. Uh, but Auburn, very good football team that year. Uh, you had, God, why am I forgetting his name? Plays for the uh, the big-time defensive tackle. Plays for the uh, plays for Carolina now. Yes. No, Come I'm, on, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I'm not going to know that one. I'm just not. It is what it is. There are some guys you just... You Derek just, Brown. There you go. Thank you. My apologies. But, but. No, just uh, an awesome... I mean, Big Cat Bryant's on that defense as well. Joe Burrow, 32 of 42, 321 yards, touchdown. Baller. That'll play, yeah, right? That'll right, let's do. go. Let's go. Let's follow that up, playing against Alabama in Tuscaloosa that year. You're like, all right, we need we need the biggest thing you, you got, Joe. We, we need you to step up. We need the best game you got. All right, bet. 31 of 39, 393 yards, three touchdowns. Massive. That'll play, right? Also, uh, let's see, 64 net yards on the ground, but gained 96. So, like, he had 32 in sacks there. So, that'll play as well. That's against Alabama. Uh, Let's skip forward because you just beat the hell out of Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas (laughs) A&M. Let's skip forward to the SEC championship against a good Georgia defense. The Georgia defense that finished third in the country that year. Uh, You had Jake Fromm. At quarterback for Georgia, 28 of 38, 349 yards, four touchdowns. Also, 53 yards on the ground. And if I remember right, that that was just shredded. Uh, I mean, oh, just, yeah, you massacred Georgia in that game. Yeah, came out and it was never really, never really in doubt, just oh, yeah. from, from the jump. All right, so was let's, that? Uh, go ahead. I'm trying to remember if that was the game or if it was against Oklahoma where he had that play where he he's just scrambling for like 15 minutes in the backfield. Oh, that's Georgia. Yeah, yeah and then throws it up and, and he, another he, he touchdown. Com- he completed one to himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Georgia batted it down into his hands, and he picked up like 19 yards on the play. All right, uh, let's go to the college football semifinals against Oklahoma. Joe Burrow, 29 of 39, 493 yards and seven touchdowns. Also... Five rushing attempts, 26 yards, one touchdown. So I had eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
when he needed it most. That's that's pretty good, right? Absolutely insane. And then against Clemson, uh, defending national championship, hadn't, defending national champion, hadn't lost in I think twenty nine games. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, they're just coming in. Just I, I remember some coaches saying, "I know Joe Burrow and LSU are good, but there's just something about Clemson." The year before yeah. that, they they, they dominated Alabama. Alabama. I mean, yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Like to that point, it was like this is going to be no, 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 decimated them. Joe Burrow in the national championship, thirty-one of forty-nine, five touchdowns on the ground or on, in the air, and then fifty-eight yards on the ground, one touchdown. You talk about too when you need it most. Of course, it's the national championship, and of course, it's against Clemson. Down seventeen to seven in the first half, too. Correct. So, I mean, that that had all the ability in the world of you know, LSU. He throws a pick or something like that. Clemson scores another touchdown, and all of a sudden, it's out of hand the other way. Nope. Instead, sucks it up, goes off. All right, let's go to the right. Or excuse me, let's go to the postseason here. You go up against the Vegas, Las Vegas, 244 yards, and then last week against Tennessee, you throw the interception, but 348 yards through the air for Joe Burrow. Common factor with all those games, undefeated. Yeah. That being said, we got a cool segment coming up on three and out here in a little bit. We're going to rank the top 10 quarterbacks mm. since 2000. Yeah, we've been talking about this all day. And I, I think I may have the most controversial take, and I'm usually not a takey person. I think Patrick Mahomes is already top five. Oh, okay. Top five quarterback <laughs> yeah. since 2000. Obviously behind Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And I had Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers in front of him. Right. But outside of that, okay. Patrick Mahomes, since he has been in the league, or been starting in the league, is four for four with going to AFC championships. He's won it twice and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against that. And the suit, and I think two of the losses, i.e., one of the Super Bowls and one of the AC Championships, have been to Tom Brady. Right. It's, which is probably coming and in number he, one. Yeah, has he lost, to be coming in number lost one last on that year list. without his two of his tackles. Yeah. Right. Right. Big part of that game for sure. Um, well, I mean, he had no time to do anything. He was, no, that was running rough. for his life. I mean, that was how terrible. many yards did they say he like scrambled for? It was over four hundred. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It was crazy. And still almost brought him back into it, too. Correct. I mean, he had that throw at the, at, at the end of the game. Anyway, um, no, I'm, I'm with you there, and I think one of my big points there, too, and in defense of, of your take of him already being in the top five would be, I think when you have these discussions where, like, you're talking about uh, 20, 25-plus years, whatever, you take the guys who have only been in the league three or four years and you punish them for that fact. Right, it's it's like subconsciously. Well, these guys have been around; they've been doing it for so long. Blah 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 blah, and you punish a Patrick Mahomes because he's only been in the league for three or four years. And I say no; we should appreciate it and elevate it yeah. because of that. Um, and and you know me; I was on here this this week, literally a couple of days ago, talking about how much I don't like recency bias. Right, so and I actually kind of go the other way. So for me to be saying that, I think is pretty big, um, especially like. You talk about Drew Brees, I think that's the big debate with me is, and something we've talked about a lot, not to give away anyone's sure. takes or anything like that, but, I mean, Drew Brees, sure, he's been around and been able to do it for a long, long time. But if you package all that up with his Super Bowl and you package everything up that Patrick Mahomes has been able to do with his Super Bowl, I mean, it's pretty comparable. And if you ask me, if you take a Drew Brees in his peak and Pat Mahomes right now, 
and ask me which one I'd take on my team, it'd probably be Pat Mahomes. So, I mean, that that, that proves I, to me how, how good I think he is. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I disagree with you. And I was going back and looking at the stats, and like people always talk about, and that's the box scores is what they talk about when it comes to Drew Brees and all the records that he set that he owns. I mean, he's he is the passing stat leader for about everything when it comes to the NFL, right? Matt Ryan averages ten more yards per game than Drew Brees. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Ryan, crazy, right? And the the biggest difference is when Drew Brees got to his Super Bowl, he won. When Matt mm-hmm. Ryan got to his Super Bowl, he lost. I, I don't want to say Drew Brees is overrated. And Cody, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> Drew Brees, to me, can be slightly overrated. I know like the funny thing they always say on the Levitar show is a compiler, but I think that I think that can kind of be the case. Yeah. Drew Brees was the offense for the New Orleans Saints for 15 years. Mm-hmm. He was the offense with Sean Payton, with a coach that completely navigated an offense through him. Yeah. So I think that's okay to say. Now, the guys that I'll hear arguments for that maybe you swap Patrick Mahomes out with them, I'll hear Ben Roethlisberger. Dude had over 60,000 yards passing, over 400 touchdowns, and two Super Bowls. Yeah. Two Super Bowls went to three. Yeah. But I I think... I could be wrong here. I, off the top of my head, I think, because I was just looking at these earlier, I think in the playoffs... Ben Roethlisberger's thirteen and ten. Mm. Uh, that sounds just about right. In the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is eight and two. <laughs> yeah, insane. No, there, there's been. I mean, Pittsburgh, pretty much. I mean, think about Mike Mike Tomlin. How long he's been there, and mm-hmm. how how many losing seasons he's had? Zero. Yeah. So a lot of those years have been in the playoffs, but obviously you've only been to three Super Bowls in the past fifteen years. So, so you put that together, that's that's a that's a ton of losses there on on Ben Roethlisberger's. Stat sheet. And then for, for sure. Eli Manning, I, I didn't have him up there just because like I, I know he won the two and he went to two. Patrick Mahomes has been to as many as him. Like I said, he didn't win both of them. But man, the defenses. Yeah. The defenses. Well, I think that's too like words words matter, right? And that's how uh again a preview of, of what this list is gonna be like on, on three and out. And it's it's more about who you think the better one is, right? Not necessarily the greatest. That's what we're doing. It's not greatest. We're right? doing who you thought was the best quarterback. Yeah, people. I, I was talking to BJ a, a second ago. I feel like people uh, talk about Super Bowls and that having to be a part of the discussion and everything like that. But when we talk about the all-time great quarterbacks and everything like that, I know there's a Pittsburgh guy, but you know who we never bring up. Terry Bradshaw. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. For Super Bowl. Well, I, I, I think what kills so it's like Terry Bradshaw is kind of the same thing that kills Eli Manning when it comes to these arguments defenses. is that how good the defenses were, but also yeah. interceptions. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, both why, of those yeah. guys are turnover machines. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, Terry Bradshaw, honestly, if you look at his stats or whatever, it, it reminds me a lot of Brett Favre, where it's like, yeah, he, he's going to throw. <laughs> I Easy. mean, not saying they're the same person, but like, because I mean, one has four Super Bowls and the other one has one. So, yeah. um, no, but it's it's very true. I mean, you're going to have a lot of touchdowns with that, but you're also going to have a lot of picks. But I'm just saying, that's part of that discussion when you start talking about greatest is, oh, now you have to add that guy in too. Now you have to add this guy in too. Even like, So, like, you know who hasn't come up like one time in, in these conversations because we're talking about best and not Matt greatest? Matt Hasselbeck. Brad Johnson. Or Trent Dilfer. Or Trent Dilfer. And I think we all know why. So yeah, There was three quarterbacks where I was struggling to remember who 
who had won a Super Bowl since 2000? Because you have the obvious ones. I mean, just quick off the top, you go, okay, seven for Tom Brady. Right? And there's a few guys have two. I think it's ben still Ro- just... Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and uh, Peyton Manning all have two. Right? And so I was like, man, like, who, who are the rest? And there's some ones in there, ones in there. And I was like, okay, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer. And I was like, Joe Bleak- Bleepin' Flacco. Yeah. What Elite. a jerk. And Nick Foles. Elite Joe Flacco. And Nick Foles. Underrated Nick Foles. I don't know about that. I think he's very properly. You know who I think's not properly rated, though? And I hate to say it because I've, I've just been... Again, when we're going back and researching for the list when BJ asked for it, I think Russell Wilson is like severely overrated in our minds. Overrated. Overrated. Because I mean, people are talking about him being this like franchise changer for a lot of teams out there where he could potentially be on the move this year and he could be the missing piece. He won the Super Bowl when he had the best defense in the league by a long shot. Yeah. You had the Legion of Boom at Legion of Boom level. And you had Percy Harvin returning kicks for touchdowns in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. That's when he won it. And he went to another one, and if they just handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch, not just down on the goal line, but just throughout the game, yeah, they probably win that game going away because he still had the Legion of Boom together. And since the Legion of Boom has dissipated and he's gotten his big contracts, Seattle's been floundering. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a 50 QBR this year. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. I know great. a lot of people argue it's it's Pete Carroll and what they put around him on offense, but it it hasn't been great. And again, no. the one Super Bowl they won, and I'll, I'll say that this is this is true for Peyton Manning as well, and this is true for the Brad Johnsons and the Trent Dilfers. A great defense carried you to that. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning was it was like they they that Broncos defense in what, twenty thirteen drug the corpse of Peyton Manning to a nat, or to a <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. Right, I mean, yeah, he was falling apart. It's Brock true. Osweiler had to start like seven games, oh, man. and they, then they just like kind of sewed Peyton Manning back together for the playoffs, and got him rocking. And then he, what do he have like 140 yards in the Super Bowl, something like that. I, I don't even when I think about that Super Bowl, I don't like Peyton Manning doesn't even pop into my mind. No, it's, it's Cam Newton jumping back away from the football. Yeah, yeah, he threw the what? That's the thing. Like he he even has a touchdown pass in that. In that Super Bowl, it came with like what forty five seconds left, and just like a bloop over the top didn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just throwing it. No, just was it Jacob Tammy in that um, Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. I think it was a slot receiver who caught that touchdown. I I forget who it was. Either way, it was coming across the middle. This is the, it was this just is like the Peyton. most two thousand thirteen show we've ever it's done. Like we Peyton, started it off. We talking just need about one Mike pass. Bobo. We started it off talking about Mike Bobo, and now we're talking about Peyton Manning uh, and the Panthers Super Bowl. <laughs> Remember the whole and and the whole thing coming out of that game was like Cam Newton doesn't like football enough because because he didn't he got, dive in that ball. Well, yeah, he didn't dive at the ball, and then he walked out of his press conference. He doesn't love football. He doesn't. He, he don't love football like I love football. <laughs> hey, nobody loves football as much as Jeff Garcia, apparently. I what is you, I, I I'm not gonna yesterday? lie I'm not gonna lie I haven't seen that I don't know what according, I just saw a couple according things. to Jeff Garcia me you and everybody else in this station and 98 percent of media broadcasters are not allowed to talk about quarterbacks. Oh okay. He absolutely eviscerated Mina Kimes for daring to say that Jimmy Garoppolo is basically just a person uh, in a class project that signs his name on at the end and turns in the paper. 
and he basically said, you never played. Why are you being paid to talk about quarterbacks? You shouldn't okay. be doing that. Yeah. Like Jeff Garcia, come on, big guy. Yeah, it's just it's always the, the same argument with that kind of thing, which is kind of crazy. And that's what that's the insane thing, too, because I can't even say, like, well, he's just mad because he's a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo because Jeff Garcia was, in my mind, better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, go back yeah. and, and watch some of those times he played no, for Jimmy, Tampa Jimmy Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and, I will say this. Jimmy Garoppolo is a liability. Yeah. Because like, I'm saying, like, Garcia was, like, when he was starting, he was pretty good. He was also one of the best backups yeah. in the league with the Eagles and, and the Buccaneers. I mean, he was really solid. So, like, I can't even make that bad of jokes about him. Oh, I can. But, yeah. I no, that, that's just that's just not true, though. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. No, we're not allowed. To talk about, we're not allowed to talk about quarterback. That's true. My fault. I don't know. What so we're you can't talk about. talk about him either. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that we can even talk about the playoffs anymore. So what are we going to do with like the last two segments? We're going to come back, and I guess we're just going to have to talk about the ins and out of radio broadcasting. Interesting. Okay. So are we going to? So more, more of those fan instances. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Gotcha. We're just uh, give you a sneak peek. No, you know what? Bleep it. <laughs> I don't give a rip what Jeff Garcia says. We're That's talking about NFL playoffs for. next, right here on ESPN Radio. <laughs> you thought you were going to get I was trying to catch nah. DJ Zuko hitting a who, baby, who, nah. say who. I did it on the first one. Yeah, he did. That's the, that's the rule, right? But he's, but he's too smart. All right, PJ, yeah. I, I told you earlier, this is the most damn 2013-2014 show we have ever done. We're talking about Mike Bobo. We're talking about Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl against the Panthers. Well, now I have another 2014 reference for you. Are you ready? All right. Let's do this. You ready? Why not? All right. So they're playing in Arrowhead this weekend, yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got the Bengals and the Chiefs. Arrowhead twice over is the loudest recorded stadium in the world. Wow. Can, Can you guess which year featured the loudest measured Kansas City Chiefs game? Um, I just gave it to you. Oh, 2014. What? No, yeah, I wasn't listening. Uh, wow, thanks, PJ. No, 2014 <laughs> on September 29th during a Week Four game against the New England Patriots, uh, the Chiefs fans were recorded at a 142.2 decibels. Week Four. Week Four. They're fired up for that Tom Brady matchup. For real. I mean, that's I. I thought for sure it would have been per, uh, uh, more recent. And per. SB Nation, that is louder than the deck of an aircraft carrier. Holy cow. And so my question to you is this, because I don't want to come on here and be Mr. SEC Homer guy. Our stadiums are louder than your stadiums, because honestly, in terms of decibels, you know which conference has the two loudest in the country? Um, uh, and Just purely decibels, huh? Yes. Um, Not in terms of people you can pack in there. I'm just talking in terms of like architecture and how loud it is. Ear piercing. I, I, I feel like the Pac-12. What are you talking about? College? That is correct. Yeah. Can you narrow it down to which two? I think Oregon and Washington. That's correct. Yeah. Husky Stadium and Austin Stadium yeah. are the two loudest in college football. But the SEC has some super loud ones. Uh, Death Valley actually, uh, probably the loudest if I had to say. Uh, but Auburn has been like recorded on like the Richter scale yeah. for like earthquakes and stuff like that. So, and honestly, from SEC players we've talked to. The most intimidating, I guess, is the best way to put it, slash loudest environment, they say, is the swamp. Which I think is interesting, because Neyland's, like, far and away the biggest. Yeah. But the right. swamp, just, I guess, how it's set up, and just kind of, them Gators fans getting yeah, after Yeah, I mean, it. They, get, they get wild, for sure. But my question is to you, hmm. 
is this. You think this rattles Joe Burrow whatsoever when he steps out there and it, like they said in the article, it sounds like he's standing on the deck of an aircraft carrier. Uh, specifically him. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's I, who I that's really. who you're for the most part worried about as your quarterback because he has to communicate with the whole sure. offense. Yeah, just kind of like in general, I I think it can rattle some people. Uh, without a doubt, uh, maybe if they're not ready for it or if they're not used to it or whatever. But I don't think it's going to rattle him. He's played in the yeah. swamp. He played uh, at he's played at Texas A and M. He played. He beat the hell out of Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Like he's played in some super loud environment. He played at Jordan Hare. Yeah, in a, in a close game. There was that. I'm pretty sure there was a uh, there was a there was a bad quote from him after that game too. Ridiculous. But I saw circulating some some places. Um, like like like. Not safe for work or like no, just it's, it's, with it. it's fine. I'm pretty sure it was him because they they he played at Ohio State. Obviously, he was a backup, but he went to mm-hmm. Happy Valley uh, for as as a backup for one of those games. And they asked him afterward. They were like, you know, you you didn't play, but you were in Happy Valley, and now you you uh, won this game okay, at Jordan Hare. Like which, and he was like, oh, this is definitely more more crazy and intimidating, without a doubt. Uh, definitely, definitely worse. That's not a bad Joe Burrow. But I mean, at the end of the day, too, it's like he also played in the game against Auburn. And everything. Of course, he's going to say it was worse. Point well, is currently in the SEC. Exactly. All, yeah, all, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a good PR move. Whatever. Anyway, carrying on. No, yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna. Like you said, uh, he, he's he's played in so many big moments. He's played in so many you know, just pressure cooker type of situations. Uh, it's. Shouldn't shouldn't face him that much. I I don't think if he comes out and is visibly like rattled and and throwing terrible like incompletions and yeah. things like that, I will be the most surprised out of anybody. No, you won't. Because I, I don't I think be, that's. I will be floored if yeah. that happens. Uh, only other stadium thing I'd say to watch out for uh, is they're they're playing this one in Los Angeles between the 49ers and the Rams. But did you see what L.A. County did with the ticket sales? You had to like put in your zip code and like proof of address. And if it was outside of like Los Angeles in the city, then they were canceling your ticket order and giving your money back. Because the last time these two teams played in Los Angeles, it was a 49ers home game yeah. for the most part. So I'm going to curious to see how much red is in the stadium coming up this weekend. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get our picks next right here on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. All right, PJ, I do it to you every week. What's the schedule looking like this weekend? Uh, A, a lot of stuff. A lot of fun stuff that you should look forward to. Now, in um, <laughs> I know we have a we have a, <laughs> we have a basketball game uh, tomorrow early in the afternoon in Savannah. We're gonna have um, Georgia basketball later in the day. All right. Uh, I believe we have Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night. Okay. And then NFL football on Sunday. Both markets. Yes. Good to yeah. go. No, absolutely. All right. So we got that coming up. So now we need to know who's winning. Okay. So. Bengals Chiefs go. Okay. Uh mm, hard to go against uh, Joe Burrow and, and what he's been able to do, but I think we even with everything we've we've talked about today, uh kind of the uh, fairy tale story does not have the fairy tale ending. Uh Kansas City wins again, it's heads like to another gonna, Super Bowl. It's not like he's like done after this. It's not No, like, but I mean that the undefeated lose, streak you can never play again. The undefeated streak is over. Like it's it's gonna end. Now it'll be a fun game, but nah, Chiefs are gonna win. There's something about, just something about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that team. Okay. Something about them. What about them? They're just, they win football games, man. 
True. That's just, just that's what they do is they, they win football games. But so do Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. There I just, you go. There's just, there's I just, thought just, something like that. There's just too like much that. on offense. Yep. They, they got they got too much for him. But give me. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. No, right? No, no, no. Go with my. Heart. You're not gonna go with my. Heart. You're not. I just pulled the e break. Give me the Bengals, baby. Wow. Give me the Bengals. Okay. Go with my heart. All right. All right. Uh, later well, on, you know that what night, that does to you. Later on that night, out in Los Angeles, you have the 49ers at the Rams. Yes, yeah, the Rams. Uh, it, the 49ers finally run into a defense that's as good as them, I think, if not better. And Matthew Stafford and that offense is is gonna. They're gonna win. I think Devo Samuel like is just like the the tread starting to come off the tires a little bit the way <laughs> yeah. they have been using him. Too yeah, much. I got I got the Rams as well in that one. Coming up on three and out, Michael DeRocco, ESPN.com Jaguars reporter, going to join the guys at three twenty a little bit later in that hour. Wayne Gandy, former NFL offensive lineman legend and host of Sports Talk in Atlanta, is going to join the guys to talk about some of the NFL moves as well. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check it out on ESPNCoastal.com or Spotify. We will talk to everyone on Monday.